just start by praying. So I just pray that uh, you'll come and speak through me. Just pray that what I'm saying is from you, and what's not from you, that that will just uh, not be taken. Just pray that uh, your word will talk to people, and that you will talk to people, Lord, here today. Just pray in your name. Amen. So, yeah. um, Going into the commands of Christ again. Does everybody have this? Because I have no... PowerPoints uh, on purpose, actually. Or if you've been just out of medicine here, you know that PowerPoints can be a curse because you just find a teacher sitting and reading off the PowerPoint and it doesn't really help. So I thought I should learn to preach first without a PowerPoint and then maybe I'll add one. So just take my papers. So yeah, I have six commandments today. Let's start on the top. Uh, be, wife, be wise as serpents, also called snakes. Uh, it's written, therefore be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Uh, anybody here that likes snakes? Kind of like a pet. I know somebody does. Uh, Jason, I knew it. <laughs> it's probably one, one out of 50 that likes snakes and we have... Yeah, they're actually supposed to be pretty cuddly if you get to know them. I don't. Um, but do you think they are wise? That's the question, because the Bible says here, be wise as a snake. Uh, so I tried to do some research about snakes. How are they wise? Since the Bible are telling me they are wise, they should be wise. Uh, so some facts I found. Uh, snakes has no bones in their body. Uh, they have no legs. Uh, and still they master the environment. Uh, they actually sur- survive pretty well. If you think about their circumstances, like... <laughs> uh, they actually live in every continent except for Antarctica. So that kind of tells you that they actually master their environment pretty well when it comes to how they are created. Um, so yeah and also moving is not that easy for a snake since it can't run like you've never seen a snake run after an antelope and uh, <laughs> it just doesn't work that way So they, but they made their ways of moving uh, some roll, some slide uh, some actually fly they jump from a tree and they navigate through air uh, they swim one can stay underwater for an hour. Uh, and one snake can actually jump. It's true, I saw it on YouTube. Just YouTube it, jumping snake. goes jumping through the... F- yeah. Uh, so just that also tells you that they actually found a way to be wise. Uh, patience. Because they of who they are and how they're created, they can't run after an antelope. They can't chase down a cat. Uh, so they are actually more waiting for their prey to come to them, which means there's some kind of patience there. They hide where they know the prey is coming, and when they least accept it, expect it, then they strike. Uh, and some other fun facts. Uh, one snake, when it sees danger, roll around and play dead. 
and it actually play dead that much that if you pick it up, it still play dead, and if you like hit it against stuff, it still play dead. Uh, and also, they portion their venom. Uh, if they did use any ev- all their venom at once, they would actually only be dangerous once. So they portion it out so they are not used, like, so in case of danger, they have still some spare venom to spare. Uh, that's actually why it's more dangerous to be bitten by a young snake, because it hasn't learned how to portion the venom yet. Uh, so Jesus is telling the disciples this when he is sending them out, be wise as snakes. So how can we learn to from the snakes, about sharing the gospel, since that was what the disciples were going to do. Uh, I found three points. Uh, You shouldn't look at yourself and say that you can't do it. Uh, Snakes can do it, and (laughs) they survive. So So you should be able to do it as well. And if you don't know how to do it, just find a way to do it from how you are created. Uh, Patience. You don't have to hunt things down. You can let your prey come to you. Uh, and also, sometimes you might have to portion your venom. Uh, if you are sharing the gospel to someone, it might be hard for them to understand everything at once. So uh, to go through the small portions at a time might be a better way to do it. Uh, just a little disclaimer. Do not try to use venom when you share the gospel. <laughs> but it's just a met- metaphor. Uh, but yeah, and also I think Jesus also was trying to warn his disciples here just about their enemies. The enemies are smart. They will try to nail you down. So be smart as your enemies to avoid your enemies as well. Sometimes you don't need to put yourself in a bad situation. Uh, so yeah, uh, going to the next commandment. Fear not. Uh, the two first here, or actually a lot of these commandments, are taken out of when Jesus are sending his disciples out. So it's more like warning them about dangers to come. Uh, and fear not those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather, rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna, which is well, another word for hell, or actually was the fire pit where they burned trash in Jerusalem. But... Uh, so Christ actually foresaw troubles for his disciples. When he was sending them out, he was telling them, you are going to meet troubles. You will actually meet people that will try to kill you. I hope no one will try to kill you, but you will meet people that will try to get you. Um, we have a prediction of trouble which the disciples should meet uh, with the work, Christ foresaw their suffering as well as his own, and yet he will have them to go on as he went down himself. And he foretold them not only that troubles might not be a surprise to them and so a shock to their faith, but that being the accomplishment of prediction, they might actually be a confirmation of their faith. So Christ is telling you, you will meet trouble when you are going out in the world. Uh, and uh, that shouldn't shock you. Uh, it should rather be like a confirmation of your faith. And like when you are doing something right, Satan will try to stop you. And uh, when you meet troubles, that should actually confirm. I can 
probably say with 100% accuracy that you will meet trouble in your life. Yeah. I hope none of you are thinking like, oh no, what, <laughs> me? Uh, but Jesus uh, is telling you today, telling you every day that you shouldn't fear. And I think, I was thinking about this, that fear and worry is actually, I think Jesus is using two different things. He said, like, you shouldn't worry about anything, uh, what to eat, what to drink, uh, and, like, daily things. But I think this fear not is uh, especially going towards uh, people that will try to get you because you are a follower of Christ. Uh, And he's saying, like, uh, later in this passage, it's going on to, like, when you are driven in front of the courts uh, and into the synagogues, he will give you words that you should say, and he will be with you all the time. Uh, And also, if you fear God first, then your life will not become that important, and you will actually... Uh, even if you die, you will win. So fear not. I'm not that good in speaking long. I'm not having those long <laughs> going out of my way. So I'll go to the next one. Take my yoke. Uh, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in my heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, does anybody know what a yoke is? <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, it's not a yoke. That's <laughs> close. Take my yoke. <laughs> Eat my salmonella. Uh, yeah, a yoke is what. It's what you put on a horse, for instance, to make it carry stuff. But also it could be one of those things you saw in old movies. You put them on and you have like two buckets or like the bucket lady down at the Stararinak, if you've seen that statue in the middle of, yeah, behind the Ratush in that street with the, yeah. Uh, at least it's a yoke. So uh, here's my train of thoughts. Uh, we can expect uh, change our yoke for backpack maybe that might be a better word to use <laughs> so what Jesus is saying take my backpack for my backpack is easy or is light and easy to carry it's comfortable uh, what I was thinking is everybody has a backpack because <laughs> what I'm thinking when I first read that is oh but I don't have a yoke I don't really want to carry a yoke <laughs> Or, I don't have a backpack. I don't really want to carry a backpack. But everybody has something they're carrying and kind of a backpack of their own where they have their heavy burdens in, like their worries, their fears, their, yeah, everything. Uh, So what Jesus is saying, like, what I thought is, Jesus is saying, like, exchange your heavy backpack with the rocks in and take mine. It's a lot more comfortable for you. Um, and he's saying, come and I will give you rest. Uh, as student, things are sometimes hard. Sometimes you're sick and tired of books and books and books and, uh, yeah, classes and books and libraries. Um, actually, for other people as well, life is hard, but this is just, for me, that is uh, my life. Um 
And I might not be the best to give advices when it comes to study, but one thing I could recommend to all students, actually to everyone going through a hard time, is to learn to rest with Jesus. Learn to step out of your troubles. Learn to uh, take step out and just uh, rest with Jesus for a while. Like Tell him about what's going on, uh, and he will lighten your burdens. He will... Uh, give you his yoke instead of you having to carry your own burdens. You can carry his burdens, which are a lot lighter for you. Uh, actually, I sang a song about this last Sunday when I was leading worship, that uh, you should tell about everything, your dreams, your troubles, and your heart's desires. Um, it was, but sometimes it might be hard to be a Christian too. Uh, I experienced that, but I experienced that it's even harder when you're keeping Christ out of your life then uh, it's yeah i would rather be a uh, have a hard time being christian than not having or having a harder time without being a christian uh, so going to the next one honor your parents um, it's actually the only of the 10 commandments in the old testament that comes with a promise uh, honor your father and mother so you might live long uh, so you may live long in the land of the Lord your God has giving has giving is giving to you. Uh, personally, I believe that there are different ways to honor your parents. Uh, as a child, uh, you are called to obey your parents, uh, and uh, as young adults, you are called to honor your parents by acknowledging their wisdom that they have actually lived longer than you and know more stuff than you. Uh, and in uh, our elder, or when our parents get older, uh, you're actually called to honor them by helping them. Uh, of course, some parents are easier to respect than others. Uh, some parents might not be honorable at all. But still, Jesus wants you to honor them. Uh, that doesn't mean that you need to agree with everything they say or do. Uh, that doesn't need to say that um, that what that they you should obey everything they say. Sometimes you have to make decisions of your own as well. Uh, but most parents want what is best for their children, so I would recommend to listen carefully to their advices as well, because they only want what's good for you. Uh, but when you disagree with them and you do something, you feel you should do, then you can also do that with respect. Uh, I looked up honor and it's called, or it was in the dictionary said that to treat someone with high respect. So treat your parents with high respect, no matter what you do. Mm. Yes. And, and you will live long in the land that God has given to you. That's a promise from God. Uh, be aware of leaven, leaven or yeast. I actually made Rich put yeast here because leaven, no one really know what it is. <laughs> so, uh, yeast. So this is Jesus telling his disciples that be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees. Uh, I'll just read the passage here. Uh, so the story is the Pharisees came and demanded a sign from Jesus, and then, yeah, I'll just read it. 
The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, uh, when evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather for the sky is red. And in the morning, and in the morning, today it will be stormy for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance in the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for miraculous signs, but none will be given uh, it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. So Jesus went away. And then when they went across the lake, lake the disciples for, forgot to take bread. Uh, and Jesus says, be careful. Uh, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, here's actually a funny part that I was laughing about when I was reading it, because the disciples, they don't get this. They just they think, oh, no, I forgot the bread. <laughs> what should I do? He started talking about the yeast. Oh, no, we forgot the bread. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> for like, John, how could you forget the bread? Jesus is angry. <laughs> I blame you. <laughs> uh, so they discussed among themselves that it's because we didn't bring any bread. Uh, aware of their discussion, so they were actually discussing this. <laughs> Jesus comes in and like, uh, Jesus asked, you have little faith. Why are you talking among yourself having no bread? Uh, do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets fulls you gathered? So yeah, actually found it pretty amusing that they were discussing but the bread went up was not it's kind of comforting as well to know that disciples that became the core of this Christianity and Jesus used them immensely that they were actually really stupid as me too um, so yeast or leaven is a powerful fungus that can cause a lump of dough to rise into bread it can ferment liquids into alcohol and cause painful infections uh, but principle leaven is referred to here, uh, caused fermentation and made bread rise before baking. And it was used in uh, much the same way as yeast is used today. Some of you might not n- might know that you can use a starter uh, for causing fermentation in a sourdough bread. This starter is used in the next uh, used in the next for inducing fermentation into the next round of bread baking. So you save a little piece. Uh, of your dough, and you can use it as yeast in your next dough when you bake sour bread. So, uh, for people living in the New Testament, the only method for reproducing yeast was to save a small piece of the unbaked dough, which would later be used to start fermentation in the next batch of bread. Uh, so, the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees contained a mixture of God and a mixture of man. Uh, so, Jesus is telling him, be aware of the danger of the leaven of the Pharisees. Like, if they take one piece of it into their life, it will ferment, it will rise. And uh, the same way, uh, if you take, you can also give it to others as well. If you take a small piece and give it to someone else, it might rise and it might just multiply like crazy. And... Uh, in our days, we have other Pharisees, Pharisees, for instance, capitalism, atheism, uh, different churches could act as Pharisees where they start mixing uh, thoughts of men and God. Um, 
So you should be aware that you might, or what you take and what you take into your heart, it should be from, like, through the Bible. It should be confirmed by the Bible. Uh, and if you're not on your guard, you might actually take a piece into your heart and you might, it might multiply and you might give it to others as well. Uh, so be aware when people tell you things you should believe that it's not according to the Bible. Uh, be aware of sin in your life, especially when someone tells you it's okay. Uh, they will also multiply and pull you away from the purpose God has for you. And also be aware when our society, when commercials and TV and everything say, telling you you are the most important thing in your life, uh, when really God should be on that spot. And that takes us right to the next commandment, which is deny yourself. Uh, and Jesus said to them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Uh, Jesus is telling this to his disciples. Uh, so, disciple, the definition of a disciple is one who will learn, <clears throat> puts into practice what he has learned, uh, and the one who imitates his master. The disciple's conduct is a pattern of after that of his master. A disciple of Christ uh, is one who has determined to become Christ-like. Mm. And also, he's telling you to take up your cross. And the cross, it's an important to understand that God has freely given us salvation. Uh, it was paid to by the cross of Christ. Along with this salvation comes discipleship. So you should become followers of Christ. You should imitate Christ. And Jesus said, if you're going to be his disciples, you have to bear your cross. The call of, call of Christ will always include the call of a cross. So what is your cross? Uh, but he never promised his followers a life of ease and comfort. He wanted those uh, who would follow him to clearly understand that they, what they were getting into. The clear call of discipleship is that you will be required to live a life of self-denial and sacrifice. But this actually sounds pretty bad, at least. I was just thinking, if I walk into, like, flesh Eirik, uh, it sounds like I will have to live a life of self-denial. Self-denial? What? <laughs> I'm a doctor. You should look up to me. <laughs> I studied hard for this. Uh, and sacrifice? <laughs> what have these six years in Poland been? I've sacrificed enough. Now it's me time. So it's, it's easy to think that way, that if you go into yourself, that is what your heart would, not your heart, but your flesh would actually long for. Uh, but it is important to know that when it comes to God's ways are better than my ways and your ways. And if I was living my life like this, like now it's me time. Now finally I'm going to go out and just, uh, yeah, trample people down to get my way. Uh, I could do it, but still it wouldn't be a better life for me. And God has better ways for me and better ways for you as well. Uh, Jason didn't tell us, or it's the same thing with these commands. Uh, Jesus didn't tell us what to do to make life harder for us. Uh, on the contrary, it's, 
<coughs> it's there as a roadmap for a better life. It might not be easier, but it's going to be a better life. And a good example would be, like, I have my studies, I have my wife. That's my life. Oops. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, my marriage. If I would do whatever I wanted, me, 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 my, my, my. Uh, it, for instance, uh, just sitting around playing PlayStation all day while throwing trash and dirty underwear on the floor. Uh, and not shave, uh, then it wouldn't be that good of a marriage. But if I if I die myself and do the dishes and hang up the laundry and shower sometimes, <laughs> my marriage actually gets better. It's from experience. <laughs> uh, so my point is, uh, denying yourself actually makes life better <laughs> in many parts of your life. Uh, following the rules that are designed by the one that made you makes life better. Uh, uh, we got the manual how to work things through the Bible. Uh, <clears throat> so... I actually have six points that will make your life better this Sunday. It's be wise as snakes. Uh, do not fear, especially not snakes. No. Uh, uh, honor your parents. Uh, take my yoke or take my backpack. Uh, be aware of the yeast of the Pharisees or be aware of the yeast of this society. Uh, and deny yourself. So to sum things up, um, it might not look uh, like things get better all the time. Sometimes you're doing what is right and you really feel like things are getting worse. Uh, but trust me, or actually you don't have to trust me. You can trust God. Uh, he knows what's best for you. So that's what I had this Sunday. Thank you. Thank you, Attic, for sharing. We're going through the commands of Christ. And some of these are maybe not the, the easiest or the most embracing you know, we talk about, uh, there's a lot of people in the world that talk about prosperity. If you just give this money to the church, then you will get to millions of dollars and everything will be happy. But uh, a lot of these commands that Ida could address today talk about sharing your faith and persecution and going through difficult times and struggle times. And when you do that, you don't fear. When you do these things, you learn to trust. You learn to take what you think is right. You learn to take take what the world says is the right way to go and you trade it for something that is easier with Christ. You trade your burden. Sometimes you're going through life it could be a relationship or something and you're thinking, okay, this is what I need to do but God has a much better way of doing it. And I liked your examples too, especially of denying yourself like in, in the marriage because if you just live for yourself in the marriage you can imagine if you're a married man your wife would not be very happy for very long. If you deny yourself, 
and serve her and take care of yourself, the marriage is that much better. Denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following and being obedient to what God has for us is the best. I thank you very much for sharing with us. I just want to give you guys just a couple minutes on the, the bottom part of your handout. But hopefully you guys are taking these and marking them all up and making your notes and then stick them in your little folder. I don't know if you have a commercial here for a moment. These little folders that have these dividers in there for your come, grow, serve, and, and go. If you ever think about doing like ministry or preaching in the future, after you leave PIC, you can have a whole, like, I don't know, it depends on how long you're here, 50 to 100, 150 sermons. You just open it up, you want to preach, just grab one of these and preach it. No problem. You're leading a small group Bible study, just open it up. You have a whole Bible study outline, make a photocopy, pass it out, doesn't matter, it's for you. So on the back it says, from the list of commands above, which commands of Christ are you obeying? Or disobeying? Because from the Great Commission, the very verse at the top of your handout, this is what Jesus has given us and his disciples is to go and teach other people the things that he has taught us. So first we've got to be living them in our life, just like the command, be perfect, don't be a hypocrite. The things that you've, I've taught you, do them so that other people will do that you can teach it. So which commands out of these five that I shared with us, which ones are you obeying or disobeying? And then here's the kicker. Because this fulfills the Great Commission. Which commands are you teaching? Which commands are you teaching as you live life with your friends, with your family, with strangers? Which of these commands are you teaching people? And may you be strongly encouraged this week. Take the commands that Isaac shared with us this morning and learn how to teach them. You can even teach them to your spouse if for, for practice. Um, don't try to be the Holy Spirit with your spouse. It doesn't work. Tried it. But God is overseeing you. He's overseeing your spouse. He's overseeing you as a student or if you're single. And which commands are you teaching? This is the Great Commission. And this is where we want to be as a church, is teaching these commands. We want to live them, but we want to teach them. So which ones are you teaching? I'll just give you just a couple minutes. Go ahead and write, th- write them down uh, or borrow a pen and write them down. Which ones are you obeying or disobeying? But most importantly, too, as well, which ones are you teaching. You can go ahead and do that now.